0: I feel like sped up versions on TikTok are so popular right now because it allows more of the song to be heard in a short amount of time. And just like the concept of like Nightcore and stuff like that that originated Mm. in like Norway, I feel like sped up versions just allow you to focus more on the vibe of a song as opposed to spending so much energy like listening to the lyrics or focusing on the meaning and stuff like that. So yeah, they've become very, very popular.
1: Yeah, they really have. And you've released two sped up versions of two different songs. What motivated you to get involved with the trend?
0: I feel like any way that we can, like, repurpose the songs we've made as artists and, like, try and push it out there in a new way is, like, always always the goal. And mm. if you can do something new that gets the music out to a new audience, then that's obviously desirable. Um, and, yeah, it's, like, a different way to get, like, a remix of a song without having to pay a DJ for it. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's so true. How do you think TikTok in particular has sort of shaped the way that people consume music and sound?
0: I feel like TikTok inherently is, like such a music intaking app and it's not just like short form videos and like music is very much like coupled with the videos. Yeah. Um so I feel like releasing music that's like specifically designed to be used on TikTok like sped up songs is like just the perfect way to promote promote your songs to a new generation, new audience.
1: Yeah, it's definitely like a good way to introduce music to people who otherwise wouldn't hear it but at the in the same vein do you think that this like like the rush to consume content and like the fast-paced nature of social media apps can also lead to the meaning of a song getting lost
0: Ooh, that was deep um I feel like sometimes yeah like I was saying like sped up songs you focus more on the vibe as opposed to lyrics and I feel like with a song like Build-A-Bear that's all about like childhood trauma and growing up without like a parental figure, a song like that just gets like completely lost and it's yeah. just like oh this is a fun song, this is a fun melody And yeah. <laughs>
1: Then you like look into it more sonically <laughs> and it's like oh, oh this
0: is really sad Not <laughs> <love> so much <laughs> yeah, Literally.
1: <laughs> that being said, has it been a fun process for you to release these like sped up versions? I'm
0: gonna be honest I was so surprised by like how excited people were, I was like okay. I like didn't do that much in like the creating of a sped up version, like it's not that hard to do it's not that meticulous so i was so surprised when people were so excited for the announcement of a sped up version album Mm. and yeah i was just blown away because like it's not that crazy yeah but the response has been amazing
1: that being said at the same time i feel like a lot of the time someone will just maybe like a user of the app will speed it up yourself why did you find it important to release it
0: oh i feel like like if you want something to be done do it yourself so yeah, true instead of waiting for you know to grow a fan base or for one of the, like the people who support your music to do that why not do it yourself and do it how you want it to be done and then let the people who support your music use it and make that consumption easier for them and yeah. be able to use it easier
1: have you found that same approach with your music in general of like a very diy approach um what do you mean like in terms of creating your music is it something that's like independent or are you like have you got like a when you're like in producing it is it have you got a team building that with you
0: it's very much like independent bedroom pop like just creating it and producing it in my bedroom you know writing this very intimate and personal (laughs) music and then having it be put out there to the world so yeah it's very diy
1: amazing and then TikTok and other just the internet really (laughs) we're in the internet day and age um As well as being able to discover new music through it. I know, at least for me, um, when I was growing up, the internet was a big part of me, like, discovering my queer identity and stuff like that. Mm. Um, Have you been able to utilise it in the same way at all?
0: Yeah, I feel like even just, like, watching YouTubers when we were in, like, high school, of, like, them coming out or, like, their experience. Like, even when I didn't even know that I was queer or anything like that, Like, just seeing that was such an eye-opening and, like, just a cool thing and important thing for me to see as a young queer person.
1: Yeah. What YouTubers were you watching
0: growing up? Oh, I feel like I'd get (laughs) cancelled now.
1: The cancel lights are I was about about to say,
0: I can't really remember, like, the specific ones, but I just remember, like, there have been, like, thumbnails of people coming out and I'm like, wow, these people with massive followings and, like, a massive young audience are coming out and, It almost gave hope for me growing up and, you know, me becoming an adult and seeing an example of what I could be as an adult.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you, we spoke a little bit off air, you were a bit of a trendsetter coming out in high school as well as myself. (laughs) I was saying off air, I got referred to as Mother Gay a little bit. Um, But how was coming out earlier in life than maybe a lot of your peers for you?
0: I think I was... Like very, very grateful for the experience that I had with coming out. Um, I came out when I was in year seven. I was mm-hmm. the first one out of like everyone in my year level to come out. So that was very, very weird. But I also didn't feel like it was that crazy. You know, I was like friends with all the popular kids at the time and like I just had a girlfriend. So it was like I feel like I kind of like eased that side of it. And like the people who I'd be most scared of, you know, giving judgment or something like that they kind of already gotten to know me as a person and yeah. weren't just seeing me based on my sexuality, which I think is the case for a lot of queer people as they're seen as their sexuality and nothing more. So yeah, I was very grateful for that. And the first person that I came out to was, you know, a straight friend of mine and he was just saying, okay, like, that's all good. Like, I don't see you any different. Like, you're still my friend and I love yeah. you. It's really, really that's sweet. That's
1: so good. I know me personally, the person that I came out to first was also queer, but... Didn't know that, and then we just like, came out so to each other, and it
0: was just like a really cute little moment. The challenges that I faced later on, in terms of my queerness, weren't really in the year seven. They were later on when I got into like year ten, year eleven, year twelve. Mm-hmm. And I think as we grow and develop, these same people who were like supporting me initially, started to you know show their true colors or show homophobia and stuff like that and hatred towards things. And I think one of the most like prominent examples that I have in my mind is when me and another person set up the first ever queer day and pride day at our school. Mm. And that was like absolutely huge for this conservative, you know, a regional town, like very conservative views a lot of the time. So to set that up and then for it to be accepted by a lot of people, but then to have certain things said or posters, you know, pulled down by people, it's, I feel like it's very damaging and, you know, very heartbreaking to see.
1: Yeah, how did you come about starting up that Pride Day? As you said you grew up in regional Vic, which <laughs> can come with its challenges. Uh-huh. Um how did yeah, how did this Pride Day come into life?
0: Um well, I was the uh what was that? <laughs> I was the student representative council prefect um with another person who also happened to be queer. Yeah. And as soon as we got elected as that in year 12, we were like we're doing something pride-related. Like, it only makes sense. Like, it was just very, very cute. So her and I um, decided that we are going to start a pride day. We'd never had anything like it. We felt that there was such a big queer population in our school that was so just, like, not visible and very hidden. And I think us being, you know, kind of the advocates for it and being, you know, hopefully these role models um, for the younger kids and setting up this day, it was a way for us to, you know, kind of lead the way and leave, like, I guess a legacy or something to keep going for the queer people in the school.
1: Yeah, amazing. Do you think it helped foster a queer community within
0: the town? I think it definitely... Oh, I'm not sure about in the town, but...
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> At least the young people.
0: <laughs> I think, the, like, the setting up of the Pride Day definitely, you know, brought more queer people together and not mm-hmm. only queer people, but allies and stuff like that. It was so beautiful to see, like... Just little kids with no judgment or prejudice and, you know, just happy to, you know, be wearing a rainbow or just, like, yeah. be supporting their friends or, you know, having a picnic in the schoolyard with the rest of the school. Like, it's little things like that that really just warm my heart so much. And, like, having Queer Year 7s come up to trees and I, the other social prefect, uh, SRC prefect, and coming out to us and we were the first person they came out to, like, that was so... Just wholesome and beautiful, and it, like just that one person doing that made it all all worth it
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, this was all of course happening in Regional Vic, but you are now based here in uh, Nam in um, Melbourne. Mm-hmm. How have you found the
0: move <laughs> there 's a lot of expectations when moving from Ranger Victoria to the city, and I think although I was like incredibly excited to be immersed in all the different you know culture and activities and stuff like that. Um, I definitely felt a bit homesick at first and, um, (laughs) on the topic of music, the next song that I'm going to be putting out was a song that I wrote, you know, about being left alone in this house, you know, just the fact that I don't think that I should be left alone with my thoughts because Mm. it's a deep, dark place. Um, and yeah, that happened because I'd moved to Melbourne and I was in, you know, this totally new space that I'd never been in before.
1: Yeah. Are you share housing?
0: I'm living with a friend in a unit, yeah. Okay,
1: because yeah. I was going to say, I know, like, me moving into, like, I've moved out of home in the past couple mm. months, and I moved in with, like, strangers. Wow,
0: that's so now, well.
1: Now we're besties. But those <laughs> first few weeks were, like, really tricky because it's, like, whoa, I, like, even though I was, like, I'm not that far out, I, like, moved, like, 40 minutes closer to the city. I was, like, wow, I, like, mm. being, like, purely alone like that is, like, weird. And, like, especially, like, with, like, all that change, it can, like, sort of, the homesickness gets, like,
0: Even if you have, like, so much more independence now, like, with independence comes a sense of, like, loneliness sometimes or, like, feeling like you don't have the support.
1: Yeah. So moving out of Regional Vic into Melbourne um, is a thing that a lot of people do. But in doing that, they tend to distance themselves from their hometowns a little bit. I mean, we were saying off-air i do it a little bit and again <laughs> i didn't move that far like it wasn't that dramatic um do you agree with that sort of mentality of distancing yourself from where you grew up
0: i i mean yeah we were saying this off air and i was saying it the other day with with someone i think it was a friend about like people who they move away from their regional town and they almost have this like resentment or the like I'm better than you attitude of Mm. like I'm in the city now I'm away from home I'm in this better place and like big
1: city gal yeah big city
0: gal and (laughs) you know they've moved away and they're thinking I can't believe I ever lived there like I never want to go back like I can't believe the people who are there are still living there and I feel like it's very dismissive of you know the childhood that you had growing up there and the amazing memories that you had there and just the fact that that place shaped you to be the way that you are. Like, for better or worse, it's a part of your history and a part of your identity and a part of your experience. I think it's important to not dismiss that part of your life, even if you're in a place where you're really happy now in the city.
1: Mm, Still accept it for what it was. (laughs) Yeah, snaps. (laughs) Um, Tapping deeper into your music now, one of your songs, Thrill of the Chase, within it you ask, do you post on your stories just to see if I care? Was he?
0: Well, that's the question, isn't it? (laughs) No, did you I, care? No, for real. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the kind of person. I don't know if you do this too, but not so much anymore. But around the time that I wrote this song, yeah, yeah, of course, I don't of do it anymore. Yeah. I'm so much. I've definitely grown. Um, I'd like liking their stories. I'm like, mm. I did it. I made yeah. my move. Like you're going now. yeah, and I tried. they didn't care at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: or it's like you add them to the close friends, and then like oh, the close friends are the start only one. Getting... <laughs>
0: the only one of the close friends. They're the only one who can see this, like, mysterious thing or you posting, like, a song on your story mm-hmm. that have very specific lyrics. Yeah,
1: or your, um, like, your close <laughs> friends just goes from, like, memes to, like, ooh, cute, <laughs> calm, collected.
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. But, like, I also feel like that was also about, like, my experience with, like, either me posting on my story to, like, see how they engage or see if they care or, like, them posting on their story and, like, me engaging with that. Mm. But also I see so many other people who, like... You see them post, like, a song on their story, like I was saying, or, like, lyrics, and, like, this is so meant for someone in particular. This is not for your general followers.
1: (laughs) Not for the general followers. (laughs) Or, like, their posting style will change. They'll go from, Mm. like, never posting on their story to, like, oh, my God, like, cute little, like, photo dump. It's like, hmm, where did that come from?
0: Yeah, it's giving, I'm trying to soft launch, but want to ease into it. Do you know what I mean? I'm trying to soft launch you. (laughs) (laughs) I know we're not dating yet, but I'm trying to soft launch (laughs) us.
1: it feels very I think I thick. see this a lot in um, the queer community in particular um I guess there's a lot of hide and seek is the wrong term go but with especially it. I'm going to go with it when you like when you don't know specifically like if someone's queer like or even just oh, like queer yeah. friendships and trying to like then move that into mm. maybe more like that queer talking stage I feel is so different from like, the heteronormative one that we see in the movies and stuff mm. What have been, like, a few moments of yours that you're like, yeah, this is a very queer-talking stage.
0: Either, like, really, really honest and, like, upfront, or it's, like, just the most, like, cryptic messages you've <laughs> ever seen in your entire life, the most, like, thought-out emoji use you've ever seen <laughs> Like there's they're options. Two, like polar it's polar two
1: opposites. love hearts, too many?
0: Yeah. Mm. And there's like a bunch of like there might be two normal emojis or something. And then there's like that face that's I can't even like explain it for, <laughs> <laughs> for the listeners. But you know the one that's like giving like side eye but like a little bit of a flirty side eye?
1: Yeah, like the classic smirk, yeah.
0: But yeah, I feel like it's it's either those two.
1: More broadly, I suppose, the track Thriller Chase often uh, seems to be about the often toxic chase of a relationship.
0: Yeah, it wasn't so much like relationships, but just like situationships Mm. or like kind of like the thing you're talking about, like hide and seek and like not knowing whether you're a thing or not. And like it's not official and you're not like exclusive or anything. But you're trying to get each other's attention and, you know, one day they'll show you, like, so much, like, love and attention. They want to talk to you all day and then the next, like, you don't hear from them yeah. or stuff like that. Or they're, like, more blunt or something like that. You're and like, I think hmm. that was something that I was, like...
1: Like a lot of, like, the guessing game.
0: Yeah, like, keeping you on your toes. And I'm, like, this doesn't go well with, like, we like, an anxious just, attachment style. No, right? Like, we no, just don't need to be no, doing No, girlies. This. <laughs> don't do it. Stop it. Seriously. Like, let's just
1: have that chat
0: like say with your chest (laughs) (laughs) like say if you and I say this all the time when um like if I'm like just in a space with a lot of people Mm -hmm. and like people want to you know talk to you or they're like oh you're so like intimidating or something like that or like oh like I wasn't sure whether to come up to you or not it's like say it with your chest like if you want to say something or do something just just say (laughs) just (laughs) say that you want it (laughs) Yeah.
1: yeah I completely yeah the talking stage hate it in there, done that, won't read it. Um, <laughs> moving on though, we want to just chat about your debut track now. Mm-hmm. Um, so Build a Bear is the name of it, and it sort of addresses your experience of loss and also your journey with body image and a whole collection of things. How did that track sort of come to be?
0: I remember just like I'm pretty sure I was writing it while I was like washing my hands or something like that. like the first bit of it came into my head and I was like, oh, build me a little bit stronger like I was thinking, how would I want? to be like changed if like my mum and dad could change me and like mm. build me a certain way um and yeah I kind of just started writing the song and I liked the idea of it all being a bunch of questions like all the the first verse to be a bunch of questions to almost mimic how like insecure children just like ask a bunch of questions and don't wait for the answers and you know kind of depend on someone else for all the answers to to their mysterious mystery or mysterious life <laughs> got that. <there. laughs>
1: Yeah, Um, I can definitely sense that throughout the track and with writing it, was it something... Obviously, the first bit, washing your hands, came straight to mind, but had it been something you'd been wanting to write for a while, like that experience?
0: I think so, and I think especially for, like, my first song, obviously, like, there's a lot of songs that, like, you have in your notes apps and stuff like that or, like, a big catalogue, but I think I always knew that I wanted my first song to kind of define me as an artist or, you know, be something that... Conveyed or expressed, or was a good representation of the music that I wanted to create. And I think having it be about not only like my mum and losing her when I was eight years old, and you know, things like body image and you know, insecurity and stuff like that, I think all of those things, you know, mixed together made it the perfect track to release first and you know, kind of put me out there as an artist.
1: A mission statement Mm. of a song, but with all of that emotion that comes with that track, it is. Similarly to how we're talking about how it's been sped up, just in the beat, in the song itself, it's quite like a lively sound to it, I would say. Like it's quite a bit more upbeat, a bit more energy to it. Whereas if you tear the lyrics away from the song, it'd be Mm. like, oh, there's a lot going on
0: here. (laughs) Is he good?
1: (laughs) Is he good? Um, Is that juxtaposition important to you, to have emotion-driven lyrics hidden behind something a bit more poppy? I think
0: wow that was really deep and I feel like we're gonna get a bit of deep because I feel like that definitely even if I wasn't aware of it or not like having those deep kind of lyrics and it being very personal and intimate but then kind of having been presented in this oh it's a lively pop banger kind of vibe like mm. I feel like that's very much how I present myself as well like just very lively and stuff like that but there's a lot of other things that people don't see and I feel like that's the case with a lot of a lot of people and especially a lot of queer people there's a lot of experiences that people don't really see or understand when they first see you. so yeah I felt like that's definitely a theme with especially the first two songs that I put out yeah
1: yeah absolutely and just furthering on your um queerness and how that reflects in music what does your relationship look like more broadly with the queer community
0: oh what do you mean <laughs>
1: <laughs> just like your connection to it how you see yeah, like, are you, like, do you find yourself, like, pulling in close to it? Do you try to distance yourself from a lot of, like, stereotypes?
0: oh I However you consider it. I feel like when I was first coming to terms with my sexuality and stuff like that, I... Because i somewhat straight-passing and stuff like that, I kind of let more into that and thought that if I presented myself as more straight or, you know, kind of distance myself from, you know, being feminine or something like that, that I would be more accepted and from year 7 to now me being 19 years old it's kind of this thing of coming to terms with being both masculine and feminine and expressing mm-hmm. myself in what feels right and comfortable with me and not expressing myself to appease others and i think that's just me trying to unlearn like people pleasing tendencies or the anxious attachment style which we're talking about um but yeah i think that's a big thing for queer people that initially you might kind of distance yourself from it, but it's coming to terms and you know, trying to engage yourself within the queer community, it's, it's huge and I'm trying to do that more and more.
1: Yeah, it's definitely like a mammoth thing to sort of unpack and see where you stand amongst mm. it all. Um, we spoke about it a little bit earlier, but when you sort of were figuring out your identity, you were quite young, um, who did you have to confide in as you were sort of mm. coming to terms with your queer identity?
0: Ooh, I feel like a lot of the people who I confided in were people who you know were a couple of years older than me and you know who had already gone through you know that experience of coming out and maybe also being the only one in their year level who had come out at that time and I think seeing these people who were just a year or two years older than me seeing how they were going through it and kind of learning from how they were feeling and what they were going through confiding in them and you know Getting advice from them and stuff like that was huge in just me navigating my own queer experience.
1: Yeah, and I guess also just being able to see someone that little bit older be fine is always good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that sounds weird, but like being able to see it's reassuring. Yeah. yeah like, idols not idols role role models models. role models as well looking for um is always really nice to see so it's really great that you could confide in Mm. people like that um just tying back into music a little bit as well have how have you found music being able to connect with your identity
0: i feel like it's whether it's listening to music or writing music i feel like music at its very bare bones makes us feel and you know allows us to express ourselves in a way that sometimes we can't do with words um, so I feel very, very lucky and grateful for what music's given me and hopefully what I'll be able to give other people with my music.
1: Yeah, amazing. And finally, I have one more question for you, quite serious. Ooh. So serious faces on. Which chipmunk are you? Stop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the fact that I was so ready to be like, oh, okay, we're getting deep. Like, I'm about to start crying. Like, I was sweating. Ooh. Which, uh, okay, honestly... I feel like I'm Theodore.
1: Oh, okay. Okay,
0: can I be real with you? The fact that I had this conversation like maybe three weeks ago being like, which chipmunk are you? Alvin,
1: Simon or Theodore?
0: And my friend said, Oh, you're Alvin. And I was like, I don't think I feel like I'm mm. giving Theodore. I'm also wearing blue today, but I feel like I'm just like, um oh, little little chip. If you can't see I'm doing a Debbie Ryan hair tuck. <laughs> um But yeah, I feel like I'm I like to think of myself as like the little soft and shy boy but I feel like I'm Elvin. I feel like I just didn't want to say that I'm the main character. (laughs)